This is Haas. And this is Samson. With Franks and Deans. In Las Vegas, Nevada. And unless we feel like screaming at the radio, we never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Guy's such an asshole. Yeah, but she's kind of hot, though. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. This listener-produced, listener-supported version of the show. <laughs> Episode 344 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, the education maven, the tech maven, oh. Brittany Page. The tech maven. We all know that's not true. <laughs> well, you've spent a considerable amount of time trying to teach someone who is not tech savvy yeah about how to use an iphone lately yes and it was just a iphone is such a design heavy item that it should be intuitive it should be because they it's been thousands of hours in the making yeah creating a phone that really is easy to use well imagine being someone who has never used a smartphone Never used a smartphone. They're they're a flip phone person. Yes. And you're not on Facebook. You're not on Twitter. You're not on Instagram. You're not on any of the social networking websites. Is this like an old prospector? (laughs) No. Ah, Watch this. This is my godfather. And (laughs) if he happens to listen to this, it's all in good fun. I love you. You're just having a hard time. Okay. So Does that need to be said? It doesn't need to be said. He understands. So (laughs) I was teaching him how to add his email to his his iPhone. Because he just got an iPhone. I could see how that could be... Because that's deep in in the menus. Yeah. You got to go to settings and then... Yeah. I email, I and guess. Then, it's pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, it's not. It's pretty easy. So uh, I I was walking him through it, and then he would hit the home button, and he would say, oh, I hit this white button, and now everything's gone, and I'm back on the the app screen. Did you fuck with him at all? Like, oh, my God, you ruined everything. <laughs> yeah, no. You have I, to get a new phone now. I, I Well, he w- he <laughs> sounded panicked, and I said, no, it's it's okay. That happens. All you have to do is double click and then you can roll the screen and select and then that was yeah, too yeah. much too it, he was like i can't get it back i can't get it back it was a lot and then he would start typing with the keyboard and then you know when you don't need the keyboard anymore it goes away if you if you don't need to be typing the keyboard is not on the screen right you right. don't need to put it down it just goes away and so he was done typing and then he said oh, the keyboard went away <laughs> And I said, yeah, it, it goes away when you, you don't need it. Yeah. It knows when you need it yeah. and it will appear and otherwise it's okay, you know, but everything was dramatic and, oh, what is this? I don't know. It It's, I don't have patience for that kind of shit. Well, I do. And I, I helped him <laughs> with Twitter a little bit as wow. well. Wow. And just explaining Twitter to someone who's not a social media person can be kind of a 
a rough endeavor. Yeah, it's a whole new language. Yeah, that for you, sure. The tweets and the retweets. Well, you taught me. I started Twitter like Valentine's Day 2009. Oh. I think, I think it was the day. A little romantic <laughs> date of remembering when you signed up for Twitter. Well, I just remember when I downloaded all my tweets mm-hmm. before deleting thousands of them. Uh-oh. Um, I was surprised that that was the first day. Yeah. Back in that day. Anyway, I had no... I, I thought you were wrong when you were explaining it to me because you were saying, if you just write the person's tweet, their name, their Twitter name, no one's going to see that. That's only going to go to them unless the person actually goes to your profile and sees what you've tweeted. Or unless people follow the person that you were mentioning first right. in your tweet. So you have to put the period in front of their name. Yeah. Well, that used to be the case. Yeah, now well, things have changed. I, I was even kind of in that boat where it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Now I consider myself uh, an expert Oh, at the old Twitter machine. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take very long, but I think these things are difficult when you have only used the internet for reading the news and checking your email. And porn. And porn. And (laughs) I guess. And you've never used a smartphone. So it's a whole new world. What do you think the percentage of the world out there is that uh, has never used the internet to view pornography? Um, I... What do you think? I, I can't even guess. I You think 2%, maybe 2%? It's higher than that, for sure. Really? That have never used the internet to view porn. Are we thinking globally? Are we talking about the United ah, States? I was what thinking are we... globally, but let's just think about the United States. Okay. All right. I, I'm tr- I won't ask you whether you've viewed pornography on the internet, because I'm sure you're one of the, the <laughs> one-tenth of one percent that has not. I one tenth of one percent. I have seen a porn video on the YouTube oh. on, on the on the internet one time. Mm. Oh, one time. Yeah, well, Ted Cruz he oh, favorited yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. so I went and looked at it. Yeah, well, favorites don't equal endorsements. That's right, so, according yeah. to Donald Trump. Yeah. So I just I don't know how we got here. We I brought you, up you porn. have something in your heart. I, I brought up porn, and then all of a sudden we're 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 hip deep in it. Yeah. In what? I don't know, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a little sticky in here. So All right. Anyway, I've got I've got a friend who will remain nameless. Oh. Who is roughly my age, slightly older, but you know, we went to high school together. Uh-huh. And uh I often refer to him as the eighty year old man because he's never looked at porn on the internet. Oh, I doubt it. He's very <laughs> chaste. Uh no, I call him that because he used to be very tech savvy and something switched where he's like, ah, I can't get this to work like, all the time. And I don't know if it's just he has super bad luck with technology. Mm-hmm. Like he got a Chromecast. Yeah. And then apparently he bought the one TV out of the billions of TVs that are sold that it didn't work with. Mm-hmm. So always in the back of my mind, it's like, no. You can't get it to work. Your TV's fine. The Chromecast is fine. Yeah. There's always little things like that that I always, I judge him. I'm a judger. Yeah. Well, you're kind of, you're not, you're kind of a dick in that way. (laughs) I am kind of a dick. And I, well, no, I'm for sure judge. Come on, please. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I'm patient because I know how hard it is. Because I even get frustrated. Are we talking about porn again? <laughs> I get frustrated even <laughs> when like Facebook has an update to the app and then I can't find where anything was or is because yeah, everything's changed. a little changed. crazy though. Facebook on the iPhone, like every other day, there's a new version with completely different UI. Yeah, and then there was... At one point, I couldn't react to things, and everyone else was able to do it, and I felt like left out. <laughs> well, because well, for for months you had a different version of Facebook on your iPhone than they were allowing. Yeah, me. so I don't know. There, I just there have been certain experiences I've had where I feel more compassionate for people who are a little bit slow on the uptake to learn about technology. Yeah, yeah, that's sad for them. <laughs> I feel real bad. Mm. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about the last episode. First, I want to I want to thank everybody who took the time to reach out and in both um encouragement and commiseration with us. It was a rough episode. I didn't re-listen to it. That rarely rarely happens. But it was hard for both Brittany and I to to do it. Not, I'm not looking for sympathy here. I'm not fishing for compliments about whether the episode was good or bad or whatever. But uh, I really appreciate, you know, that we do this show for that reason to to go through things together as host and audience. And Brittany and I very much appreciate you guys reaching out both in voicemail and voice memo and email and messages and tweets. Um, you guys mean the world to us and together we're doing something special and we, we love you guys. So I guess let's just, I'm going to play two voicemails, one Vegas related, one not, and we've got a couple emails to read and then we're going to do some follow up on the Vegas thing. What's going on? Mainly kind of, a uh, reactions. Some people have been not acting properly and we didn't get to it last time because the ev- the episode kind of went off the rail. So anyway, let's start with a voicemail about Puerto Rico. Um, hi, Mr. Delamore. Uh, my name is Delilah Rutledge. And I do consent to having my voice um, heard on the line. First, I want to thank you for a platform uh, for us to be heard. And us, I mean, us, um, all of us, all of us that are in pain. Other, all of us that are on the other side, all of us who are hurt. I am Puerto Rican. I'm also African American. Well, if you know your history, you know that's all in the same. But that's not why I'm on the, on on this line. I'm just um, weeping for my people who are on the island. And ashamed that that man, that man, I have to just call him that man. I can't even give him a name. That man, that man, we have to get him out of office. And he's a poor, poor, poor excuse of representation. And the governor of Puerto Rico, you have no spine. And thank you, Mayor, for showing us a way and your spine. Thank you, Mayor. 
My prayers to Nevada. And I hope that we all, oh my goodness, I just, I, I just love, okay, bye. Thank you for the voicemail, Delilah. These are tough times. There's a lot going on that has really heightened the emotions of uh, a lot of people. And I, I feel, I feel how emotionally impacted you are by everything that's happening right now. And I, I, I'm glad that we can be some kind of a platform for people to, to get whatever off their chest that they have. There is some interesting points in there, though. I, I, I don't know much about this governor of Puerto Rico. And we'll get to some of this Puerto Rico stuff in Dalamocracy because Donald Trump has continued to be president and thus there are problems. But uh, I don't know what to make of this guy. I don't know if he's taking one for the team and going along to get along to help the people of Puerto Rico. And if that's the case, I think that's good. But I kind of agree with Delilah that he's... He's just a Donald Trump patsy at this point. He's not he's not taking care of business. He's sucking up to the president. You don't have to do that to get aid, to have disaster relief, which is the responsibility of the Federal Emergency Management Administration. Mm-hmm. FEMA. That's what they do. I wouldn't be surprised if the mayor of San Juan... This woman who Donald Trump has attacked so viciously, if she ends up running for governor and wins in a in a handy little landslide, mm-hmm. because she is the opposition. She is standing up for her, her citizens, her constituents, doing the right thing, taking on the president of the United States when she's just the mayor of a city. Yeah. So pr- pretty honorable. I appreciate that. All right, let's move on to one voicemail that we're going to play relative to a conversation Brittany and I had about this good guy with the gun talk. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Ben from Los Angeles here. I just wanted to call in and comment on the good guy with a gun argument you guys brought up last episode. Um, Besides the counter argument Brittany came up with of you're not Jason Bourne and you're not Rambo and things like that. It's a great one. Uh, one thing that I like to think about and when it comes to that argument is what research tells us. Um, I've been doing research on law enforcement officers and how they're affected by stress for the past two years. And one of the things that is often discussed is how does stress affect police officers' performance of their job? Um, and what it tells us is overwhelming research has shown that during high stress situations, police officers not only experience a reduction in judgment ability and decision making, but also a reduction in their job performance. And one of the things that stands out about that is the research tells us there's significant reductions in their shooting accuracy. Um, I think this is interesting because it baffles me that people think that in a high stress situation, they can do as good or better than people who are trained for these situations. And despite that training, they still show a reduction in performance when the shit really hits the fan. It's like if these guys are affected by the chaos, what makes this good guy with a gun think that they'll rise above? 
Again, not Jason Bourne. Hashtag science. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Love the show. Keep it up. Bye. No better hashtag than hashtag science, Brittany. <laughs> I like how that was uh, halfway by. Like, you could tell it was getting ready to be a prolonged <laughs> by, but it was it was cut short. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I felt like that was a little bit of a dig on my part. I like the arguments that Brittany came up with about Jason Bourne, but I also like what research has to say. <laughs> how dare you? Well, let's talk about this, though. I do, listen, there was a period of my life where I, I bounced in a bar. It's kind mm-hmm. of a a recreational weekend activity. <laughs> wow. I got to, you know, have a couple beers on the job, hang out with people I knew, and I bounced in a bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think that us watching movies and consuming action movies, it must have an effect on our male citizenry. Because there was lots of times where a guy thought it was going to go down a different way than it eventually went down. Mm-hmm. Where a guy thought he was he was uh, go- going to be some kind of a superhero and then got put to sleep very quickly. Or just knocked the fuck out. And not by me. I mean witnessing things go down. Yeah. And... Uh, so are you talking about... Like tough guy fighting dynamics, alpha male. No, no. I'm talking about a guy who has likely never been in a fight, but has seen all kinds of shit on TV. Oh, okay. okay. And then he puts his dukes up, so to speak. Yeah. Thinking that he's going to get ready and ring somebody's bell. Yeah. And then he gets knocked the fuck out because he has no skills. Yeah. But in his mind, oh, it looks easy. I could do that. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's same, the same thing we're talking about here, where people see a lot of action movies, yeah, and then all of a sudden, everybody's John McClane. Yeah, I mean, I knew this one girl one time, and she saw a Fast and the Furious movie, wow. and at the time... This, this already is not credible. <laughs> this and is you. At the time... This is you. At the time, she had an 88 Honda Prelude that her <laughs> brother had... Uh, <laughs> you know lots of very intricate details about this girl's life. Yeah, her brother had like put a spoiler on it and like wow. made it really loud. And so she saw this movie and then she like sped out of the theater and was like, and trying to drift. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was not me. I just I heard this story somewhere. Mm. And um, <laughs> what I'm saying is people are influenced by their experiences too, but also by stories they hear and movies they watch. Yeah. And it can inflate their thinking of, of what their abilities actually are. Can it cause them to overestimate their yeah. abilities? Oh, I yeah. Think. And I'm not even talking about... There's. I, I, I'm sure it's not my saying, but it's, it's something I say. You say it even, that this person is acting very distinctly like a person who's never been punched in their face before. Yeah. Who's never actually faced real violence because they're, they're acting a fool. Yeah, but but what Ben is talking about... I'm, am I going off the rails? Yeah, okay. is even police officers. Well-trained, highly trained, intensely yeah. trained. Who, who are trained to do this for a living. And not like trained and then, oh, I'm a cop now and I never have to worry about it again. It's consistent training. Yeah. Constant training. Yes, you wear a weapon on you, yeah, you every li- day. You live this life. Yeah. Even them have a marked decrease 
in skills. Well, because that stress is going to affect you. Yeah. And even if you have the training, apparently, the stress is going to affect you. Right. So what's it going to do to somebody who's just a ding dong or a good guy with your average good guy with a gun? I'm doing air quotes, everybody. Well, you never know. They might have come up against a pretty tough bird and (laughs) they know how to... (laughs) 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 Little rest of development for you. So anyway, that we can dispense with that bullshit. That's not the way it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Can we also talk about some of the... Should we get to emails or talk about some of the reactions that I've seen? The reactions to what? Like the Dana... Well, we're already here. So Dana Lash. Mm-hmm. That woman who's the... The, the NRA. Poor, the poor man's Demi Moore. Would you let me get my joke out? Sorry. I'm describing who she is. Let me describe who she is. I thought you were going to provide factual information. The woman who works for the NRA, NRA TV. Yeah. I've done parody video, a parody video of her on YouTube. She looks nothing like Demi Moore. That's why I said she's a poor man's Demi Moore. Yeah, but doesn't that indicate that she looks somewhat like Demi Moore? She does look similarly. She does not look similarly to Demi Moore. She most certainly does. You are high as a kite. She does not look like Demi Moore at all. All right, well, let's go to the audience and see what let's, they have let's to do. say. Let's do. Let's go to the she audience. She tweeted. Let's get back on track here. I wish we could pull them right now. Arguing about the important stuff. Mm-hmm. She tweeted the, the tweet that Brittany's getting ready to read as oh. she scrambles for the photo <laughs> that I sent her during pre-production of the show. Got it right here. Here we go. <laughs> right after we ban pools. No, no. You got to read the tweet that she's responding to. I know how to work Twitter. All right. Yep. She's responding to a tweet. 80-year-old <laughs> man. <laughs> how um, does this work? Dan Diamond tweeted, inbox, the American College of Physicians says gun violence is a public health issue, calls for ban on automatic and semi-automatic weapons. She retweeted it and said, right after we ban pools, cars, cigarettes, alcohol, hands, feet, and fists, lives lost due to these constitute an epidemic. See, she thinks we're not living in a movie. She thinks we're living in a comic book where a guy with super stretchy arms is going to have his arm stretch out a quarter of a mile Mm -hmm. and 300 feet in descent in elevation and start punching people who are attending a concert. She thinks that a pool is going to murder upwards of a thousand people from that distance. It is a ridiculous argument, and she did this the day of the shooting. When we woke up the next morning, she was tweeting ridiculous shit like this. Mm-hmm. Then there is S.E. Cup, who is a CNN, and I guess she has a show on HLN now. And Jimmy Kimmel is from Las Vegas, and he did a very touching tribute because Jimmy Kimmel, I think, is a beautiful man. Um, he's a cry- he's like me. He's a boob. He cries, and he talked about this, and it was very heartfelt. And he talked about the the need for measures to prevent these types of occurrences from happening. Mediaite tweeted, Kemmel shames critics for dismissing gun control. Quote, in your heart, you know you bear some responsibility, unquote. And then there's a link to the video. 
And she retweeted this and said, wherein Jimmy Kimmel totally abandons the moral high ground he'd recently achieved. This is gross. In what fucking world does a man go before national TV and cry his heart out for the massacre that just occurred in his city and you think it's gross, S.E. Cup? In what world does someone take a stand against a massacre of human beings and the loss of human life and you think that's taken the moral high ground or abandoning the moral high ground. Well, I'm sure she's been struggling to watch the TV because if this is gross to her, <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like for her to watch uh, clips of Donald Trump talking and saying the things that he says yeah. in response to horrible tragedies. So my advice to SE would be do not listen to episode 343. You will be puking your guts out. Super gross. Because there's a lot of opposition to mass murder on that show, which you find gross. You think that's abandoning the moral high ground when we, we take a stand, not even a bold stand against mass murder. Well, I also, dumbass. I wonder if she's thinking that the emotionality was disingenuous and maybe that's what she's saying, but... I don't see how anyone could come away from watching Jimmy Kimmel and think that. And you're someone who's suspect of that. Yeah, I'm very suspect of that. We saw an actress, or I think it was a clip of uh, Scarlett Johansson. I on... don't trust any actress or actor who is crying. We were watching a clip of Scarlett Johansson on that This Is Your Life or whatever that show is, that family tree show. Mm -hmm. Finding Your Roots. And she started crying when she found out whatever. And you said that. Yeah. Said, ah, you can't trust him. You just don't know if it's real. Yeah. yeah that's that's a valid point. I mean, it was... But Jimmy Kimmel's was, not that. He's not was, some Oscar winner. It was probably real. People are going to go watch the preview now and think I'm a dick no, because... No, you were making a joke. But... I just have a hard time when, you know, they're going up to give their acceptance speech and they're acting really surprised and dramatic. And that's what they do. Right. You can't trust them. Right, right. But that's not Jimmy Kimmel. No, that's no. He he's the real deal. I think so. Yeah. So I was just very disappointed this week or the last over the last couple of days with some of the, the responses. Um, here's another. Still around, Pat Robertson, he had some thoughts, too, about uh, placing some blame about violence in the streets. This is in the wake of the Vegas shooting, so it was directly related to his reasons why we're having events like this take place. Violence in the streets, ladies and gentlemen. Why is it happening? You know, what I'd like to give you is the fact that we have disrespect for authority there is profound disrespect of our president all across this nation. They say terrible things about him. It's in the news. It's in other places. There's disrespect now for our national anthem, disrespect for our veterans, disrespect for the institutions of our government, disrespect for the, the court system, all the way up and down the line, disrespect. And when you lose that kind of respect, you lose this authority. But more than anything, 
until there is biblical authority, there has to be some controlling authority in our society. And there is none. And when the, there is no vision of God, the people say, there's no vision of God, the people run amok. When there's no vision of God, the people run amok. And that we, we have taken from the American people the vision of God, the whole idea of reward and punishment, an ultimate uh, judge of all our actions. We've taken that away. And when there is no vision of God, the people run amok. Is he out of his mind? Has he heard Donald Trump talk? That he has the shriveled old man balls enough to say that they're saying terrible things about the president. They disrespect the court system. Donald Trump said that Judge Curiel couldn't do his job as a federal judge. Because he's a Mexican. He's an American, but that is what Donald Trump said. Well, Pat Robertson is just like a conspiracy theorist who is trying to explain what's happening in the world. Yeah. And jumping to crazy conclusions to to offer some sort of explanation to the people watching his show. When he dies... We're going to do a Pat Robertson retrospective. You know, I have a question for you yeah. about that. When he dies, who is going to take his place? Does he have someone who's going to Alex take Jones. over? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, does he have a kid who is ready to be Pat Robertson Jr.? I don't know. And I don't know. He, he, I think his kids got AIDS from a guy who pricked him with the ring and gave him the stuff. Yep. That's a reference to something Pat Robertson has said. That is a reference to something Pat Robertson has said. Yeah. So don't. That is not me. Don't send us emails. <laughs> do not call. No tweets. Or 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 do whatever. <laughs> anyway, look, there's been this weird response from these conservatives who, who who were trying to make the case. I mean, Tommy Lahren's been out there. It's just been fucking weird. It's very weird. Kind of expected. Yeah. And maybe, I, I don't know. Again, I'm still, I, I don't have the words. Well, even Tommy Lahren said something conspiratorial on her. Yeah, she did. On her Twitter. This isn't making sense. The mainstream What is media. the mainstream media hiding? She works at Fox yeah. News. You work for the most popular cable news channel, maybe on the fucking planet, you idiot. Why don't you have your compatriots look into it with the deep-pocketed resources of Fox Broadcasting. <laughs> she's shameless. And here here's the deal, she's she 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 says things with impunity because she has an audience that's not going to call hold her feet to the fire. Because they're even bigger morons than she is. Or does that mean? Ask Rex Tillerson. <laughs> So we have an email. All right. From Wayne. Wayne. Just listened to the latest episode of the show, and I found it a tough listen. Reason being, I've been researching for a book that I one day hope to get published on the media, and both of your reactions to the absolute horror that happened in Vegas confirmed some of my theories. This constant divide and rule game, 
we are constantly playing means the likes of cunts like Alex Jones. <laughs> Is this Wayne from the UK? Yeah. <laughs> He gets away with it because he's from the UK. Alex Jones and such can profit from this, all while compounding the divide and rule narrative. You guys, on the other hand, showed emotion for those that have been hurt or killed without questioning what group they belong to. Then your emotional response was to that of our leaders to prevent what happened this past weekend. So nobody is ever affected in this horrible way again. Bullets don't discriminate. People do. Until we realize that we are all fragile creatures spinning around the sun on this same piece of rock, and that borders are lines made by winners of wars, religions are control systems, race is a construct and means of control, we will never get that we are all fucking humans, and those who exploit these tragic events for profit are only propagating for the next one. Be excellent to each other for fuck's sake. Love the show. The stickers are the best part. Wow, the stickers. Yeah. Wayne got his stickers. We sent out a bunch of stickers this week. So uh, they kind of went out in uh, two different days. So some people got them they, already. They kind of went out in two different days or they went out in two you know, days? I don't know why I keep saying kind of. I think that's my new verbal crutch. <laughs> I have been doing that a lot and I've been catching it sometimes and thinking, yeah, that's not that's not where kind of should have been. It wasn't kind of. It was certainly. Yes. 100% they went out on two Without different days. Without a doubt, they went out on two separate days. And <laughs> Can I say something about Wayne's call? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you got your stickers, send us a goddamn email with, with a picture of where you're putting them. Yeah, post it to put the it Facebook page. Put it on Twitter, page. put it on the f- Facebook page, whatever. Yeah. We want to see. Yeah. I want to see. Help me out. Wow. You got a little... little uh, little puberty voice there. Mm. I want to see. So the point I want to talk about, though, is that borders are are make-believe constructs put there by winners of wars. That is awesome. And I don't know if I've been living under a rock and have never heard that turn of phrase before, but I like that because that is what it is. Race is a construct. All those little points he made are very true. As always, Wayne, we love you. We appreciate your support of the show. We appreciate your your contribution here. Um, I agree. Things are upside down. Look, I've seen... This has been, over the course of the last couple days, this has been one of those times where, you know, when something happens and everybody shares that same article and you're like, fuck, all right, already. I don't want to see this anymore. But I cannot get enough of that Onion article being shared. And the headline is like, uh, there's nothing that can be done to stop this, says the only country in the world where this type of thing still happens. And that's it. Between mass terror attacks in the Middle East and across Muslim-majority countries, we're the only country where this kind of shit happens. It can be eliminated. It can be dealt with. It can be legislated. That's the other moron, by the way. Matt Bevan, the governor of Kentucky, who said that we can't legislate evil. You hear that, Alabama listeners? Did you hear the way that Jesse said Kentucky? Because (laughs) it's not just you. Did you hear the way that he said Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky. That's some contempt right there. That is a little bit of contempt. Yeah. And I love Kentucky. Yeah. I just hate Matt Bevan. All right. I have another email to read. 
Because you can legislate evil. Last time I checked, murder is illegal. Anyway. Dear Jesse and Brittany, long-time supporter, but first-time emailer. After the attacks on Las Vegas, we find ourselves once again discussing gun legislation, all the while our policymakers are sending thoughts and prayers over Twitter with one hand and taking money from the NRA with the other. We have this debate after every mass shooting. Damn, that is depressing to type. But in the end, it's nothing but a talking point until some pop star does something dumb and we as a country go on with our lives. I want this attack to be the turning point. I don't want my kids to grow up in a world where this is the reality, but deep down I know nothing will come of this, and the countdown clock will begin until the next needless attack. I'm all out of optimism here. Am I wrong? Do you think change can actually happen? Please tell me I'm wrong. Please tell me things can change. Love you guys and love the show. Thank you for being the voice of reason and sanity in these dark times. P.S. Brittany is usually the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. But Jesse has his moments. Paul from Houston. I would say this, Paul. If there is no hope, then what are we doing? Then why have the conversation? We ab- There absolutely is hope. Uh, Martin Luther King said that the, the, uh, the arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Progress takes a long time. There will be setbacks. Sometimes it'll feel like a a one step forward, two steps back. But in progress, even slow progress, you do move forward. And it, people, there is actually, I believe, a legitimate conversation being had within the country music community right now that will very well change hearts and minds. And we're talking about, you know, members of Donald Trump's base who are going to be exposed to people they look up to, exposed to people they respect, who are gradually changing their minds on this issue. So do not be down. Keep your chin up for the sake of your children. Things will get better. We will change. It may be slow and incremental, but change nonetheless. We love you. Thank you for the email. We appreciate it very much. To all of you, listen, we didn't get to all the emails. We had several. Some were a little long. Again, puberty voice. <laughs> Some were a little long, but um, we're going to post the, a few of them on the Facebook page with just maybe the first um, letter of the first name. So it's to take a, a little anonymity. Okay. You know what I mean? Ooh. What? Well, we would read their name anyway. So. Oh, okay. Well, just first name then. Yeah. We'll do first name. Because I don't want to have to email everybody back. and We'll talk about it. We don't have to plan this while we're on the air. Let's plan it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, before we talk about Patreon, I want to say this. Uh, we have our Michael Shermer event. That's what Brittany and I have just been calling it. The the um, moral solving moral dilemmas how do we know what's right? Oh, okay. Well, why can't I remember that? Why can I never remember that? I don't know. But it will be Dr. Douglas Naverick, Dr. Ryan Nichols, and Dr. Michael Shermer at the event uh, talking about morality and how do we distinguish right from wrong. So 
it is going to be a good time and we hope you will join us. We also want to talk about our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, that's the other thing I have written down here. I know that Very it's, good, Brittany Page. Uh, thank you. I Very know, good. All right, that's enough. It's always interesting when I hear ladies talk about running routes, but go ahead. <laughs> so um, we do a Thanksgiving episode every year. And this will be the 20th year that we do it. Family for the 20th year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm acting like it's some longstanding tradition. We've done it as long as we've done the show, which is this will be the fourth year. Yeah. And it's it's a family friendly, family friendly, profanity free episode. Yeah. No cussing. No profanity means (laughs) all positive, all positive news. Yeah. Good news only. And there's, there's a large segment of the show that's dedicated to your submissions of things you are thankful for. Yeah, most of it is listener yeah. submissions. And if you haven't listened to these episodes, I suggest that you go back and listen to them because they are my favorite episodes. I always cry because people have sent in just amazing yeah. messages, even when things are tough and it's difficult to find things to be thankful for because things are bleak, like very much like they are right now. Well, maybe that is a signal to to redouble our efforts, to focus on that, which is we are thankful. Yeah. Whether it be your family or your kids or whatever, start thinking about that because as of right now, we are accepting submissions for the 2017 Thanksgiving episode of the show. Yes. Email, voice memos from your smartphone, preferably because that's a clearer audio to idoubtit at dollamore.com, or of course, the voicemail line, 657-464-7609. And there are no guidelines except for no cussing, because again, it is a family-friendly episode. So whatever you want to call in and say, just... What's in your heart? Speak from the heart, yeah. Yeah, and really, if you go to the website, dollamore.com, and just search Thanksgiving, you'll be able to see the, the previous three episodes we've done and uh, get a feel for what they are. I think I've even put two of them on on YouTube. Maybe I'll get off my dumb ass and put the other two up as well so you have something to reference. Anyway, thank you guys. We appreciate you. Um, we love you. Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Carrie. Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Carrie, thank you. Your contribution to the show has made our day, and we thank you very much for it. We are moving along slowly. Sometimes with Patreon, it is a one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, that happens. But we are, uh, I think, steadily eventually going to be toward a three episode a week kind of show. And if you want to help us do that, again, dollamore.com slash Patreon and help us out. You could even make a one-time donation on PayPal and those links are on the on the webpage. Again... We love you guys, and we appreciate you, and we really do feel, especially after episodes like last one with all the great feedback we got, um, it makes us feel great about what we're doing here. kind of rekindles our fire. 
Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So over the course of the last several episodes, I have talked about the cabinet secretaries and their disregard for taxpayer dollars, their disregard for their their past statements about being good stewards of the of the people's money. Tom Pre Tom Price being chief among them. Well, he has resigned his office as Secretary of Health and Human Services because of all of his crew, the, 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 the ethics organization, estimates $1 million in private jet charters and military tra- uh, travel when commercial jets were absolutely available and at his disposal. Kristen, I know you're just getting more details here. I think some people are going to say, is Price a sacrificial lamb in order to hope that it takes the heat off of these other other notable uh, ethics probes that are going on? Or was Price just that egregious? I think it was both to some extent. I think the president wanted to send a very strong message, uh, Chuck, but there's no doubt he was infuriated. And every day there was another headline. And so I think it was also the fact that he saw this as egregious behavior and against his uh, stated vow to drain the swamp, as you pointed out uh, in your open. Now, the White House saying that they're conducting a broader review, so he may not be the only cabinet secretary to go. But there's no doubt right now the president uh, wants to send a message uh, with this move. And look, the writing has been on the walls for days, Chuck. Uh, The president was asked uh, in the middle of the week if he was going to fire Price, and he said, we'll see. Yesterday, he was pressed on whether he still had confidence in Price, and he declined to answer. Behind the scenes, we were, of course, talking to our sources who said, one of my sources said, he's a goner, and that was midweek. So it seemed as though it was moving in this direction, uh, and that the president wanted to let the process play out a little bit. But again, I think there was just this avalanche of negative headlines. One more point, and I think it's an important one. He saw Price as ineffective, and so that just didn't help his case, not only because he couldn't get health care passed, but remember, Chuck, he was really one of the first voices pushing the president to tackle health care first, which went against the way the president wanted to proceed when he first took office. And I'm told that he was still stewing about that to some extent. So we're still getting the details of how this all went down. But right before the president left for Bedminster, he reiterated how frustrated he was. And it seemed as though this was all but inevitable, Chuck. And Krista Walker, we should remind folks, if we recall, during the cabinet process and the cabinet vetting process, there were certain cabinet members that the president was focused on. And there were certain ones that Vice President Pence was focused on. Tom Price was a was considered sort of in the Pence wing of that. So it's a good point there. I don't think the president was as personally invested in him as, say, a Steve Mnuchin uh, or perhaps a Ryan Zinke. Kristen Welker, thank you very much. So that's where we go to next. One, Tom Price is out. But uh, Steve Mnuchin is next. I don't want to move on to him yet because I read this article in Politico, Dan Diamond and Rishana Pradhan. Mm-hmm. How we found Tom Price's private jets. Oh. And they they break it all down. And it's a fascinating article. I recommend everyone go read it. It we'll, will be on the Facebook page. Yeah, we'll put it on the Facebook page and Twitter page. But they say they got a tip from someone just in a casual conversation. Um, a source that was working at the Health and Human Services, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then they 
started following this, trying to make connections, trying to get people to trust them, finding out more information, but he wasn't making his schedule available. So it was kind of difficult to figure it out. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, this see is why where transparency is so important. Right. So there was not a lot of transparency. Then there started to be a little bit of transparency where they were kind of starting to tell people where he was going. So then they started traveling to airports, trying to find him wow. and see if they could spot him on the tarmac. And at one point they, they did. And he was traveling from, Washington to Philadelphia. That was the $17,760. No, no. That was the Nashville flight. This flight was uh, fifteen dollars or $20,000. Well, the problem is you are not supposed to be taking private jets when you can fly. Commercial. Yes. And this was from Washington to Philadelphia, which is 125 miles. Yeah, yeah. It's a half hour flight. And he was taking a, a private jet. For for over ten grand. Yeah, come on. I think it was fifteen thousand dollars that yeah, particular flight. But fly. even then I think they weren't sure, so they kept going to airports trying to trying to spot him and anyway, it's just fascinating to read this because Donald Trump's always attacking the media. And this is why he's always attacking the media, because this is what they do. They do doing a bang up job. Important work that exposes this kind of corruption. Fraud, waste, and abuse yeah, is what this and is. This is why they're so vital. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Thank you for that. But now on to Steve Mnuchin, who is the Treasury Secretary, who's he's the one who requested a government jet to take him and his fucking bride, Louise Lenton, on their honeymoon. To Europe. Now the request was re- was rescinded um, because someone said, "Hey, look, this fucking looks bad, dude." So he rescinded the the request, but he wanted it. He's the one who took the government jet to Fort Knox to watch the eclipse. Now Fort Wa- Ma- Knox is in his purview as Treasury Secretary. But we haven't had a, a Treasury Secretary in years and years go visit Nor- Fort Knox to look at the gold. It was unnecessary. That was another trip. He took his wife. So let's listen to him talking, a- answering questions of Chuck Todd. And, and while you're listening to his voice, this is just me kind of being a dick. Imagine... His face and his in his in his mouth moving, but his his teeth not. He's one of those guys who talks like this. Oh, he seriously, he's like fucking Thurston Howell the Third. There's also um, a lot of room between his teeth and his lips. <laughs> I'm not being critical. I'm just making an observation. No, yeah, very observant. Yeah. Was it appropriate that Tom Price um, was fired? Uh, again, I can't comment he, he, on he resigned. What I will say is appropriate is I think the American public deserve to know how their money is being spent and that it's being spent carefully. Do you regret making the requests you made for government aircraft, whether it was to go to Kentucky? I know there's an inspector general on that one um, or the request you made, which I know was ended up withdrawn uh, at the time. Do you regret doing that? Um, I I don't, and let me tell you why. First of all, all of our travel went through the same process as previous secretaries of the Treasury. Mm -hmm. Every single one of my trips was approved by the White House. And the only time I've ever used or would use 
a, a private plane for government purposes if either there was a national security issue or we couldn't get somewhere. And, and that's what this is about. So and, the Kentucky use of the plane was a mistake? No, I never said it was a mistake. It was approved by the White House, and there were reasons why we needed to use that plane that are completely justifiable, and we look forward to the IJ report. That guy's a smug asshole. Unbelievable that this guy who's worth upwards of a half of a billion dollars has the temerity to take a, a, a private government jet to go view the eclipse and then make up, oh, there's national security because I have the treasury secretary. Ugh. Fucking idiot. I'm, look, I'm tired of this administration. I'm tired of it. I am sick and tired, and if you think I've been easy or, or too tough on Trump now, it's a bummer for you because fuck that guy. Well, drain the swamp is what he said he would do, and he's doing that. Oh, yeah. So Draining it right up. As the reporters catch the fraud and <laughs> waste and abuse, they are draining the swamp. As he makes excuses for, no, I'm not saying I regret it. No, that was approved. I had every right to do that. Well, his wife is hashtagging on Instagram, Hermé and Louis Vuitton, or whatever the fucking fancy ass bullshit fashion brands. Mm-hmm. It's just tone deaf, cunty bullshit. <laughs> there it is. So again, here we this are time now. not from the Wayne email. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are back on uh, Puerto Rico. Trump, who lashed out at the San Juan mayor and has dragged his feet on helping them. It is unbelievable that it is the Donald Trump show everywhere he goes. If you don't heap and laud praise upon him because he's a fucking five-year-old who needs to be coddled, then you don't get the money that you so rightly deserve as an American territory who was devastated by the most powerful hurricane the world has ever known. It is disgusting. This busy port is a critical lifeline for moving supplies in and out of Puerto Rico. But today we saw little heading out. Obviously, I, I imagine it's not a lack of trucker situation. It's a lack that the business gets started so they can send their truckers to pick up the cargo. The latest word from FEMA, 755 containers left the port yesterday. Some 2.5 million liters of water and 2 million meals already delivered. The supplies heading to 11 regional distribution centers. But today in San Juan, long lines of people waiting for hours. You take what you can get. Shop aisles lined with empty shelves, no frozen items, no milk, no ice, and dry goods like beans and rice being rationed. 16-year-old Gabriel Aguado and his mom drove 90 minutes to buy one bag of food. We got cereal, uh, bread, and some things to make tacos because it's the only thing we can like, do right now to eat. All transactions across the island, cash only. Banks have limit on cash withdrawals, many ATMs out of service, with some wondering if the economy can bounce back from these desperate times. Whatever cash was already available is what's being used. And those who have bank accounts will go out and withdraw what they can. Authorities say they've made headway. FEMA data shows a third of Puerto Ricans have working cell phones again. Water supply to about 600,000 people. The airport's receiving 35 flights today. 
Complicating the already tense situation, President Donald Trump taking aim at San Juan's mayor after her public plea. I am done being polite. I am done being politically correct. I am mad as hell. The president unleashing a flurry of 12 tweets on Puerto Rico today, saying results of recovery efforts will speak much louder than complaints by San Juan mayor. As for the mayor... Do you feel that the president of the United States is personally attacking you? I don't care. He can attack me all he wants. You know, bring it on. I'm here. You know what? If it saves lives, because it gets the message in the right place, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. On Monday, there are 284 pieces of equipment coming in on a barge for FEMA. Small trucks, generators, other equipment to help them get to some of the more remote parts of the island. Jose? Tammy Leitner in San Juan. Thank you. Obviously, this clip is a little old, but what is... It's been in the hopper, getting ready to be played. We had to push it because of the Las Vegas stuff. Yeah, but you're, you're still seeing this happening, where it's still a war of words between the mayor and Donald Trump. Yeah. And things did not get better because he went there. No. So she... <laughs> I think she appeared during an interview after he... Uh, had his visit that um, she was wearing a shirt that said nasty mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Because he called her a nasty woman. Wow. I didn't know that he called her nasty. That's his go-to. It's like he did with uh, Hillary Clinton. Did he tweet that or did he say that to her while he was there? No, no. It was a tweet. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course. Of course he didn't say that to her while. Yeah. He's he's he conflict averse. Yeah. Because he's also a fucking coward. It's much easier for him to run his mouth behind the phone yeah. at the White House than it is to say something face-to-face. And, and by fact, phone, you mean Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, when they met, when they first met, when he made his trip to Puerto Rico... Did you see the body language? I didn't see the body language. Mm, he was very distant, like stretching out to shake her hand. Mm. Yeah. Where did you get this body language evaluation without uh, the O'Reilly factor being on these days? I called Bill. Oh, okay. I mean, I had to wait for him to quit jerking off. Yeah. Oh. Any opportunity I can. Yeah. I I break it out. Perfect. Bill, stop that. (laughs) Put that shriveled, tiny micro penis away. Oh, all right. All right. (laughs) All right. So so anyway, here, let's move on. I don't remember on. where I was going. Let's move on. Because of all the sounds. Donald Trump, before his visit, made a couple speeches. And listen, th- this is one of the reasons why I'm fucking... Not like I wasn't done before, but I'm just done with any pretense of respect. Donald Trump is a fucking moron. And maybe I'll cool down after Vegas is a little bit in the rearview mirror. And after Puerto Rico is a little bit in the rearview mirror. But... Listen to him, and I'm sure you've heard this clip of him explaining why, again, trying to reiterate, well, we don't have roads to Puerto Rico. There's no way to get there. It's on an island. All appropriate departments of our government, from homeland security to defense, are engaged fully in the disaster and the response and and recovery Uh. effort probably has never been seen. For something like this, this is an island surrounded by water, big water, ocean water. 
We're closely coordinated with the territorial and local governments, which are totally and unfortunately unable to handle this catastrophic crisis on their own, just totally unable to. The police and truck drivers are very substantially gone. They're taking care of their families and largely unable to get involved, largely unable to help. Therefore, we're forced to bring in truck drivers, security, and many, many other personnel by the thousands. And we're bringing them onto the island as we speak. We've never seen a situation like this. It's almost as if every single thing that happens, Donald Trump wants to act like, look, no one's ever had to deal with a problem like this. I'm the very first president in the history of our 241-year-old republic who's ever had to deal with something like this. This is record-breaking. And then dispenses with all kinds of quote-unquote fake news and lies. They're unable to help. They need the federal government because in earlier tweets, he said that effectively they were too lazy. They want it all done for them. They don't want to do it themselves. Well, did the federal government not have a presence in, in Texas? Did FEMA and the federal government not show up in force in Florida? Or is it just the brown people in Puerto Rico who are expected to fend for them fucking selves, Donald Trump? The truck drivers... They've all left. There's no truck drivers. We've had to bring federal people in to even drive the trucks and provide security. All a lie. He's making excuses for the fact that it took him two weeks to show up in Puerto Rico. Everyone else is making excuses for him, too. I mean, um, Trump supporters that I've been seeing. And it's interesting because it's almost like teaching my grandfather to my godfather to use the iPhone. Yeah. Like, they don't understand how technology works, you know? I mean, he's talking about raining hellfire yes. on North Korea, but that's across some water. It's far it's on away. the other side of the planet. And how, how are we going to do that? It's really complicated. No way to do it. Yeah. It's impossible. We drop bombs on countries far away and, like, in certain locations. It's How does that happen? That. How That's do we right. resupply our troops in Iraq and Afghanistan? How does that happen? I mean, it's just... Logistically, it's impossible, Yeah, Brittany. I mean, it's... We bring in the lady from Bewitched, and she wrinkles <laughs> her nose, and all of a sudden, there's a pallet of MREs there. That's the way that it works, yeah. Ugh. But listen, again, with the water, the water, ocean water, big water... This, this is an island surrounded by water, big water, water ocean water. water. Oh. <laughs> As opposed to lava, it's a big <laughs> island surrounded by razor blades and lava. <laughs> I don't know how to get there. Listen, there's a moat, and we have right. to get through. There's we have to pass the moat. Fierce gators with laser lasers and <laughs> razor blades for teeth. Uh, sorry, Puerto Rico, you're on your own. Yeah. So he actually did show up. How did he get there? I don't know. I think they had a razor blade proof boat. Yeah, that's amazing. With like uh, shockwave sensors that's like disabled the, uh, 
the, the the crocodiles. Yeah. And it, it could float on lava. Well, he must have some sort of special hoverboard that he was <laughs> able to use once he was on the ground. He's because, got those Back to the Future shoes. Yeah. The and, little hoverboard thing. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. impossible to travel once you're there. So yeah. he had to get around by flying. And while there again, listen, I, I'm not, uh, I don't see any other way to look at this other than through a racial lens. That why is he treating them with so much disdain? Florida, he won the electoral votes in Florida, so they're his kind of people. Same thing for Texas. They don't vote for president, so they're not really his constituency, although they do vote in the primary. Uh, Listen to what he says here. It is alarming that he is telling them that, well, if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina, wow, you guys had it easy because they had a big death toll in a real catastrophe. Now, I hate to tell you, Puerto Rico, but you've thrown our budget a little out of whack because we've spent a lot of money on Puerto Rico, and that's fine. We've saved a lot of lives. If you look at the... uh, Every death is a horror. But if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina, and you look at the tremendous hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that died, and you look at what happened here with really a storm that was just totally overpowering. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. Now, what is your what is your death count as of this moment? 17? 16 certified. 16 people certified. 16 people versus in the thousands. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. That is absolutely fucking prick shit. Bruh. That is unbelievable. Yeah, you know, look, you had a real catastrophe like Katrina with hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people. What's your death count? 16, 17? Eh, that's pussy shit. That's nothing. On the mainland, we have the big storms. Yeah, it's crazy. Fuck this guy. It is unbelievably callous to sit there and tell Puerto Rico, you're throwing our whole budget out of whack, Puerto Rico, as though they dialed up hurricane request on Uber Eats and like, hey, can we get a hurricane here to fuck up our whole world? To decimate our entire home. Well, think about what he's really saying there. He's saying it costs a lot of money to take care of you guys right, right. now. So I just want you to be aware of that. It's it's like if you were struggling and a family member decided to help you out and let's say they took you in for a little bit because you couldn't pay your rent or something, you lost your house. And on the day that you arrived, they said, yeah, I just want to let you know that... Uh, this is really putting me out, but uh, you're, you're welcome here. That I is mean, exactly what he's doing. Yeah, and it's, I think he meant it as maybe a joke, maybe, because Melania was like smiling. No, no, and- no. Th- th- I wrote that down, nervous laughter. Everybody laughs to m- take the pressure off what a dick move it is. His face doesn't change. There's not even a, a an upturn of a lip. He's not being jokey. Yeah. Everybody smiles because they feel very weird about what he's saying. Don't send me emails. I'm not trying to give him a pass. No, I'm saying no. in his dumb brain, he might be thinking, I'm going to like do a little ha-ha here or let, something. L- let me go back to your example. I think a more apt example would be... <laughs> if, if, if No, no, it's along the same line, but to make it more egregious, it's if parents 
weekly were telling their kids what a burden they are. Look, hey, look, oh, you need braces? That's really fucking up our budget, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you you need your appendix taken out. God damn it. You know what? We had a budget. We were going to go to Hawaii, but now we can't because you have to have your appendix out. We're going to get a second opinion. It's like a child, someone who you are responsible for because they belong to you. Puerto Rico is us. It is America. So again, fuck this guy. Fuck him. I am tired. And again, it is probably heightened emotions because of everything else. I love when um, people say to us, that um, we're really fair and balanced. <laughs> that we're objective. Yeah. <laughs> from a, they really look at the news from a non-biased standpoint. Yeah, that's... <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, that's pretty good. So anyway, I mean, that's bullshit, bud. So I, I, we're going to talk about North Korea. John Kasich's talking about leaving the party. But let's get to Moron Gate since we're here. Since it's not just me who thinks Donald Trump is a goddamn moron. This morning, reports came out, or yesterday, reports came out that Rex Tillerson in July was somewhere in the Pentagon calling Donald Trump a moron. Well, it caused such a stir that he came out today and made a statement because part of the claim also in the reporting was that he had threatened to quit and was talked out of it. He was begged by the vice president to not leave. And uh, he came out today in his statement, his prepared remarks, and he denied the quitting thing. But kind of curiously uh, didn't deny, didn't have anything to say other than, well, I'm not going to talk about that, about the moron statement. To address a few specifics that have been erroneously reported this morning. The vice president has never had to persuade me to remain as secretary of state because I have never considered leaving this post. I value the friendship and the counsel of the vice president, and I admire his leadership within President Trump's administration to address the many important agendas of President Trump, both from a foreign policy perspective and a dip diplomatic, a, uh, I'm sorry, a domestic objective. Let me tell you what I've learned about this president, whom I did not know before taking this office. He loves his country. He puts Americans and America first. He's smart. He demands results wherever he goes, and he holds those around. <laughs> I have to stop it. Did you hear that? Let me tell you a few things that I've learned about the president that I, I didn't know him before. But I've learned these things about this president of the United States. Go ahead. How many people are going to do this to themselves? And why are they doing this to themselves? Continuing. This guy's a multimillionaire. Yeah, he, he, he was the CEO of ExxonMobil. He doesn't need to do this. Right. Why is he doing I this? I don't know. He doesn't live in North Korea. He can say no. It, it, well, what does he have to gain? That's the question. Yeah, I guess I'm not asking myself that question. I'm just thinking, what is it that, that he feels like he's going to lose if he walks away from this? Yeah. Because this reminds me of all of them sitting around Donald Trump and praising him and thanking him for the honor of being in his presence. They thank God for the ability to serve him and his agenda 
is what Ryan's Priebus said. And I, I just find this so strange. Did did this kind of stuff happen? No. The- nope. Previous administrations? Yeah. No. Even like the, the, the Puerto Rico meeting. It was a fucking circle jerk of how great we are, how wonderful we're doing. We're just getting everything done. Taking care of biz, everybody. Good times. No. That's not the way it works. There might be a briefing about what we need to accomplish, what we've accomplished so far, but it's not our wonderful Secretary of State. It's none of that. That's not the way it works. This is an ego thing for Donald Trump. Anyway, did you hear what Rex Tillerson said here? Let me tell you some things I've learned about the president, because you know I didn't know Donald Trump before, but these are some things I've learned about the President of the United States. Let me tell you what I've learned about this president, whom I did not know before taking this office. He loves his country. He puts Americans and America first. He's smart. <laughs> Is that breaking news that a president of the United States loves his country? And is a smart guy? Please tell me that when the clip comes back, right after smart, it's, he's going to say, hashtag not a moron. <laughs> That's what's coming next, right? It's certainly not going to be hashtag science. found him accountable for whether they've done the job he's asked them to do. Accountability is one of the bedrock values the president and I share. While I'm new to Washington, I have learned that there are some who try to sow dissension to advance their own agenda by tearing others apart in an effort to undermine President Trump's own agenda. I do not, and I will not operate that way. (laughs) And the same applies to everyone on my team here at the State Department. Mm. When I wake up in the morning, my first thoughts are about the safety of our citizens at home and abroad. There's no more important responsibility I carry with me than ensuring that Americans are safe. Providing for the security of the United States must be the number one goal of our American foreign policy. President Trump and his administration will keep moving forward as one team with one mission, doing great things for the United States of America to make America great again. Thank you. The first thing I do when I wake up in the in the morning is, one, Sometimes I think about the people of America and if they're safe at home and abroad. And then I break out my Russian friendship medal that Vladimir Putin gave me. And I give it a nice spit shine. Because I like it to be fresh. And really shiny. Because that's a, that's a deep honor. Yeah. And then I check my accounts. Because I'm a big, fat, rich I, guy. I We're definitely not overdoing it on the impressions on this episode. <laughs> I'm Texas, y'all. So Rex Tillerson. So someone said that they thought that was a part of the music. What the the whistle, the yeehaw? Yeah, but no, you just do that live. Yeah, yeehaw! While you're playing it. (laughs) And they said they were surprised when they weren't hearing it anymore because they thought it was a part of the music. Oh, that's that's Jesse D. Everybody, that's you performing live. In addition to bouncing in in a bar one time, Brittany, I was also on a cattle drive. Oh, <laughs> no. that explains it. So so after he gave his his prepared remarks, of course, reporters are going to ask some questions. And the first question was, hey, uh, 
So did you call him a moron? <laughs> and he he kind of dodged it by saying, well, no, I just, I didn't address it because I'm addressing what's most important. And I thought, blah, 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 blah. And then there was another question. And then he couldn't avoid it because it got asked, of course, a second time. Did you address the, the main headline of this story that you called the president a moron? And if not, where do you think these... <laughs> Reports or I'm just I'm not going to deal with petty stuff like that. I mean, this is this is what I don't understand about Washington. Again, you know, I'm not from this place, but the places I come from, we don't deal with that kind of petty nonsense. And it is intended to do nothing but divide people. And I'm just not going to be part of this effort to divide this administration. You mm-hmm. definitely called him a fucking moron. Yeah. A hundred percent chance he called Trump a moron. This is NBC News that reported this. Yes. And Donald Trump has been going off about this. He is so angry. Well, he dispatched Tillerson to do this. Why would he have of this? Of course he If did. you don't deal with this petty nonsense, then why the fuck did you hold a press conference in the first place, dickface? Russian Medal of Freedom or Friendship. But Donald Trump is tweeting about NBC News saying that they're... Just as bad as CNN at oh, this point. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty serious. That's real bad. The beef is serious. <laughs> anyway. That's prick shit, bro. That is fucking prick, prick shit, shit, bro. I don't... Uh, hopefully next episode we get back on track with my my angsty anger, mm-hmm. my loose use of invectives, you know. It's uh, it's, it's getting on my nerves. I'm sure the audience is not is not, uh, not happy with it. So let's let's wrap up this long show. We've got a I got a long couple days ahead of me. To, the reason we're doing the show on Wednesday night, not waiting for headlines in the morning, is because I got to spend two days up at YouTube Studios in L.A. and uh, we needed to get all this done. So let's wrap let's wrap this sucker up. What do you say, Brittany Page? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. It's the asshole of today. Dan Blazarian. Dan Blazarian. Now, I don't really follow this individual. Cockport. But some people do. He's He is called the most followed man on Instagram or something. I don't know if that's true. He's a moron. He He's is... a tough guy douchebag. Okay, so let me... Oh, it's your I segment. think that maybe you need to pop a lewd at this point. Pop and, a lewd. Yeah. Where's Bill Cosby when you need it? <laughs> uh, okay, so... No, no. We don't, we don't answer that. <laughs> I, I want to be very clear here because I'm going to talk about Dan Blazarian being the asshole of today. I think it's Bilzerian. Okay, I don't care. Whatever. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. Um, I'm going to talk about him being the asshole of today, but I want to be very clear about why he's the asshole of today. So first, I want to explain what he is and who he who he is. Or who he purports to be. On Instagram, he is known for taking a lot of pictures of himself with guns and women. Now, a lot of the women are naked yeah. or wearing very little clothing. and He wants to portray an image of total machismo, tough guy, rifles, weapons, machine guns, naked ladies, and also very wealthy. Yeah, so he has a lot of money, and he was uh, raised a rich kid, so he comes from money. 
and he takes pictures of his guns and writes captions like, um, oh, my biggest fear is if someone breaks in and I won't know which gun to choose to kill them with. Because I have so many. Yeah. And so so he's someone who parades around with the guns and acts like a tough guy. He's pretty buff. It's because he's a vain fuck who works out constantly. Okay. So he's pretty buff. And he was at the Las Vegas, the concert in Las Vegas. That is right. And he took a video of himself. He was running away and he was out of breath. And I think we have that video. Holy fuck, this girl just got shot in the fucking head. It's so fucking crazy. Running away in the video. Running away. Not like a jog. He's running away while still taking the time to take video of himself saying what he said. Holy fuck, this girl just got shot in the fucking head. It's so fucking crazy. So after this, he ended up um, posting again and saying that he was leaving. He was uh, leaving the area. Now, I'm not criticizing him for running away or for leaving the area. Either am I. That's not at all my criticism because I am not one of those people who says, oh, if I was there, I would have done this. No. I think that it is difficult to make those arguments to say, if I was in that situation, I would have done this. It's hard to know what you would do unless you have been in these situations. They interviewed a guy right here from Irvine on CNN tonight, and they asked him, well, why Why did you stay? And help, he, apparently he saved like more than 30 people. And he was like, he got shot in the neck. He, it's the picture of the guy in the, the the black kid in the in the yellow in the red shorts mm-hmm. that you see on TV, and he's like, "I have no idea. I, I can't answer that question. I don't know why I stayed, but I I just did." Mm-hmm. So that's, it's not a shame that only brave people stay because sometimes you don't know. You just react in the moment. Yeah, but that's not why we're well, that we're, that's not why he's asshole today for running. No, I think the criticism here is the image that he portrays. And then how that didn't align with what happened here. That's right. And I think what makes me upset about this is that it's unhealthy for men to follow this person and admire this person and believe he is some sort of superhuman strength gun women. Or even a role model. Just the ideal man. Yeah. And... I don't think he should be rewarded for being who he is. No. And again, I'm not, I, I'm really trying to walk a fine line here because I really, I'm not being critical of the fact that he ran away. This criticism started with Dakota Meyer, who does look, he's not, I, I don't have a lot of respect for him for a lot of reasons because he's tied to the Palin, the Sarah Palin family. He has some association, whether he's the new husband or the old husband or the old baby daddy or the new baby daddy of Bristol Palin. But he wrote, he blogged about how kind of the same criticisms that we have right now, except he was a little bit more direct about running away. And I'm going to play Dan Bilzerian here on his Instagram, shitting on Dakota Meyer, acting like he doesn't know who he is. Some Marine, he says. And I might have criticisms for Dakota Meyer, but he is a Medal of Honor recipient. You don't get the Medal of Honor for being a pussy. 
You don't get the Medal of Honor for being some weakling who's a coward. You don't happen to pawn the Medal of Honor. It is the normally the way you get the Medal of Honor is while you die in service to your country and it's given posthumously. He is a surviving recipient of the Medal of Honor and he blogged about Dan Bilzerian and this was Dan Bilzerian's bullshit response, disrespectful response to Dakota Meyer. So I wake up this morning and uh, the news is talking shit saying, uh, I don't know, some Marine uh, saying that I was a pussy for running away um, and that I should have stood my ground when a guy was shooting at me with a machine gun. Um, so, I mean, if we follow that retard's logic, we'd probably have, you know, 600 dead if everybody stood their ground instead of uh, running for cover. But anyways, I just wanted to address it because uh, you really, I mean, this news is just such a bunch of fucking bullshit these days. They just, they, they print whatever is going to, you know, get the most clicks. And it's kind of sad because you guys really can't get, you know, the real deal anymore. They wanted interviews. I wouldn't give them to them. So, you know, they publish, you know, some fucking guy's account sitting behind a laptop fucking typing, trying to get his five minutes of fame. Um, you know, he's there blogging about me while I'm fucking delivering 8,000 pounds of food and water in Vegas and, you know, going to hospitals. What the fuck is he doing? And just to be clear, the first fucking thing I did after we dropped those two girls off the hospital is I went and got my gun. I went straight fucking back there and I was there for three fucking hours. So a- after all of the controversy, he started claiming that he actually did help somebody, that he actually did this. So the story has been changing now, now that... Uh, it's been controversial. So having his gun, did that help him out a lot? So even though Dakota Meyer is leveling criticism and, and and all that, I think that it's important to realize that there are actually just um, average people who, when the bullets started raining down, they decided to help other people. Yeah. And they didn't run away. And there's an interview that we're going to play here with someone who I believe is a veteran and he helped people out. He helped them over a fence and then he kind of explains what happens next. How did you get a truck? Um, After the initial scare and frantic, um, honestly, I was terrified. You know, I can't defend myself with someone shooting at us with fully automatic weapons. Right. You had no idea where it's coming from. Where it's coming from. And. Um, so we were terrified and we started running and I was telling people to kick their heads down and just get to the fence, let's get out of here. And uh, eventually got a bunch of people over the fence helping them. And um, Jen, who was with me, she helped get people over the fence too and she had a broken back at the time still. But um, yeah, we just got over the fence and our friend was still on the inside and he told us to leave. He wanted to grab a few more friends and it was hard to leave them but we knew we had to keep moving. And um, I spotted the empty lot, or the dirt lot across the street. And uh, there's a lot of white work trucks. And typically festivals will have, you know, multiple employees sharing a truck. And it's not common for keys to be in one of them. Um, And I just kind of crossed my fingers and hoped that was the case. And uh, found one with them. And It had keys in it? It had keys in it. And um, they were the keys to the vehicle. And once we uh, were in it, we decided to go help get everyone out of there. And... uh, we started driving back towards uh, the venue. And so you were basically just loading people into the back of the, yeah. of the truck? So the shots were still firing. Um, we had a couple friends that we know. Um, Casey was one of them. 
they helped set up a makeshift hospital kind of on the side, on the back side, away from the gunfire. Mm. And they were pulling people out of the venue, and we pulled up to that, and they started loading us up with the most critically injured. And, and at uh, this point, were shots still going on? They were still going at that time, the first uh, loading, and uh, it was still quite scary, but we just knew they had to get to the hospital immediately. And no ambulances were immediately available. They were staging. and. Uh, Ambulances who were staging, so they weren't already directly responding. Correct. Not enough, anyway. There was far too many casualties for any, anyone to really even handle. It was probably one of the hardest parts was leaving everyone behind that I couldn't fit in who were still critically injured. Right. So this is someone who helped people over a fence, helped more people get out than just himself. And went back. Went to get a, a vehicle that he could then take back even though bullets were still raining down, to go get more people out. Yeah. And this is not a Las Vegas police officer. This is not a security guard working the event. This is someone who is attending the event, just like Dan. And he's not someone who has a, an Instagram with 22 million people or whatever it is following him where he's shooting guns with women in their bikinis um acting like he's this badass MMA fighter. He's a faux tough guy is what he is. And Dan Bilzerian, not this other guy. And people admire him. But what I'm saying is that this guy that was interviewed with Anderson Cooper, he is worthy of more Instagram followers than this Dan guy. Okay? Yes. <laughs> All of these people that you're hearing about that put themselves in danger to help other people for for nothing. They for right. no they didn't they weren't going to get money for it, they weren't going to get fame for it, nothing. They did to save their fellow man and women. They deserve more praise, more notoriety than that this jerk off. Fucking rich kid who runs for his life while filming himself talking about the brains that got splattered of the girl sitting next to him. If you watch some of his other Instagram stuff, truly the asshole of today. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there before we go though. Listen, if you're on Facebook and you follow the Facebook page, our loyal listener in Arkansas, Todd started a private Facebook group called Dollamore Listener Discussion Group. You can go and request to be a member there. And then it's actually just listeners where you can be in there and talk to and discuss things, I guess, from the show. Or they're even talking about stuff in there that it's not even show related. So it's a, it's a, friendly, a friendly group. And I wanted to say before we moved on that the veteran's name that you heard there talking to Anderson is named Taylor Winston. Taylor Winston. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to end it there. We'll see you next week, you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. If you are ready to take the plunge and join our Patreon family, helping to support the show, helping to produce the show twice a week, and maybe three times a week, we would love to have you do so. Dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says support the show. There, you can do Patreon, you can do PayPal, you can even link through to go buy some shit on, on Amazon.com. And if it's not on Amazon, it's probably not anywhere. You don't spend any more. And if you're going to spend your money anyway on Amazon, that is an awesome way 
to support the show. We will see you next time. We love you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. Cunts like Alex Jones. <laughs> is this Wayne from the UK? Yeah. <laughs> 